He was fortunate to have the love of the most beautiful woman in the kingdom. Unfortunately, she was the king's wife, and he was banished forever. Go with God. You listening? Now, this man of peace has wandered into a land at war against an enemy that comes without warning and leaves without a trace. They are demons. You must know that 13 men have been chosen to destroy this evil. What the hell are you saying? The 13th man is you. And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the two true freaks, Internet Radio Broadcast. Of Jurassic Park. And John McTiernan, director of Die Hard. I am not a warrior. Very soon you will be. The 13th Warrior. Chris and Tom are looking at some movies The biggest bombs the world has ever seen But do they suck or are they really groovy? Will Tom and Chris be nice or mean? But do these films deserve humiliation Of being called the worst flicks around? Millions in PR couldn't save them But do they deserve the Losers Lounge? Episode 3, The Thirteenth Warrior, 1999 Unlucky for some? Hello again, film fans And welcome to what is not the Losers Lounge. <laughs> I'm Tom DeGene, of course. With me is my other sailor on the sea of cinematic sludge. Oh, that's me. Chris Tyler. Hey. And we're down to number three. Uh. On, on the list of the worst box office failures of all five. Yeah, and another one I'm not... Sh- well, I mean, there's reasons why, but I don't, I, I, don't yeah, think, I think it that should be there. Yeah. Um, but we should mention, it's also a Disney film. But before we begin, it's time to welcome another member into the box office failure fraternity. Going all the way up. As of, as of this week, to number 16 on the list of the worst box office failures of all time. And um, losing supposedly, and it, remember, it's still not done in its theatrical run, but losing at least $147 million. Yikes. It's... The Disney cartoon Strange World. Well, <laughs> there you go. 
Um, see, the, the thing that worries me is that Disney is going to take the wrong message from this and think, okay, all you want is live action remakes now. That's fine. We won't do any more. Uh, to be fair, I didn't even know this thing was coming out. Um, I don't have cable TV, so I don't really see commercials uh, anymore. And, and I right. choose. So I, I don't know. I'm sure with the Disney marketing behind it, it probably did get advertised. And I can't even remember. I think I've only been to the movies like, I don't know, twice in the last two years. So I didn't even know about it until I heard that it was a big flop. Well, here's the the thing. And you, you touched upon it just then. Is it, are we looking at a paradigm shift away from an emphasis on theatrical box office returns? Uh, I, I mean, everybody's talking about how this is, this is a, a big failure, but the thing is, this film may survive might thrive on Disney Plus. Yeah, that's a lot of eight ninety nine a month subscriptions to try to recoup that cost. I mean, I, the, I know. the sell through market for for home media is also dwindling too. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's going to be some stalwarts like us old fats that you know it's yeah. like, well, I I want to have the movie in my binder of movies or on my shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if people are going to be scrambling to you know be putting this in you know the kids' stockings next the you know next holiday season or this holiday season at this mm-hmm. point who the hell knows so uh, but, i mean you said you didn't have been to the theater often i've been to the theater exactly once this year and that was to see uh everything everywhere all at once okay why because i want people to make more films with um michelle yo in them well, they had about thirty um, years for that, and they should have been doing it in the they should have in been, the West but, anyway. But yeah, no. It, it, at this point, that's the only thing that will get me out of out into the cinemas is is this something I want to encourage? Is this something I want to encourage? Yeah, I mean, there's that's definitely a valid reason to go at this point. It's like uh, with me. You're going to have to really tickle something in my my lizard brain. I mean, I think the only stuff I saw was Doctor Strange and Thor, just because I'm a Marvel right. mark, and I, I always have been. I mean, I own I own the Man-Thing movie from sci-fi on DVD, but, <laughs> I mean, there really wasn't much else. As opposed to Ted, the movie coming soon. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, anyway... Let's, uh, so welcome, Strange World. We'll be actually we're getting to going to get to that one probably next year. So hey, great. <laughs> we'll be with you in a moment. <laughs> but uh, for the time being, we are talking about our first 20th century film. By that, I don't mean 20th Century Fox. I mean the first film made before the year 2000. The year 2000. Uh, this one was made in 1999 by Touchstone Pictures, which you know what that means. Yep. 
We have yet to do a film on this podcast that was not from the House of the Mouse. Yep. And this is... <laughs> this was released on, he says, as he calls up his chart. This was released... This was released in 1999 on its 27th, the uh, the very beginning of that gray area between summer and Christmas. Oh, yes. Back in the old times when you just dump movies in there after July 4th. and Right. The estimated production budget was... A hundred to a hundred and sixty million dollars. Oh it's, my god, that's a drop in the bucket now. It's it's like I'm sitting there and I look at a hundred million dollars. That's that's for like a high end rom com now. Yeah, which doesn't make sense. But uh, the worldwide gross was sixty one point seven million dollars, making for a loss adjusted for inflation of between a hundred and twelve to two hundred and ten million dollars. Yeah, that's not good. It is John McTiernan's The 13th Warrior. And you might be saying to yourself, what a weird title. Well, that's because somebody wimped out and didn't want to use the book title of Eaters of the Dead. <laughs> Production Wait. began in 1997 has Eaters of the Dead. But uh, the film went through several re-edits. Oh, yeah. And one of them was to remove all references to Eaters of the Dead. In and the... most of the fact that it's based on Beowulf, which... Why would you remove <laughs> Have you ever seen... Because apparently the ending that we that we saw with... Uh, uh, cop, literally cosplay Arab Antonio Banderas just getting on his boat and waving goodbye to his best Viking friend was yeah. not the original t ending. I have not seen any deleted footage from this. I have not seen any alternate versions of this. I have read the book. I still own the book. Uh, it's a very good book. Read it regardless of what you think of this movie. Uh, this is the time when Crichton was firing on all cylinders. Yeah. And I enjoyed the theatrical experience that I had with this. Mm -hmm. Even with its problems. Uh, we should mention it was, it was, uh, obviously the book was written by uh, Michael Crichton, but it, the screenplay was by William Wisher Jr. and Warren Lewis. And the director was John McTiernan, who yeah. most people revere. As the guy, Predator, Die Hard, uh -huh. yep, yeah. And is this the last thing he had theatrically before he became a tags exile? It might be. Ah, uh, well, no, I forgot he did that Rollerball remake. Oh God, was that? Oh God, yes. Oh God, yeah, that definitely. Because here's the thing: he he came out of the gate hard. Oh, before Predator, there was Nomads. Do you remember Nomads? I can't place it. It was a horror film with Pierce Brosnan in it. Ooh. 
And I'm so the poster now. This, I want to see it. <laughs> he had this one, two, three punch right away of Predator, Die Hard, and the Hunt for Red October. Yeah, oh, yes, Hunt for Red October, yes. And then came Medicine Man. Good flick. But didn't do well. I, rem I remember seeing that in a theater that is now a mosque. Wow, here in New York. No, Medicine Man uh, was a good flick. Uh, I'm a, I'm a huge mark for Last Action Hero. I think that movie's okay. drastically underrated. Die Hard with a Vengeance is a good flick. The remake of Thomas Crown Affair was a good flick. You know, so it's. But none of these had the same oomph that um, the, those three films did. True. Um, and, and the thing we should point out properly is that Thomas Crown Affair was made, I think, after 13th Warrior, but it was released the same year. Okay. So, um, so the thing was, before he became a tax exile, but we are not here to talk about people's um, foibles. We're just here to talk about movies. Yeah. Um, um, he was he was suffering for. I mean, Die Hard with a Vengeance did well, but an argument could have been. I could see an argument being made by producers that that's because it was a Die Hard film and not a um, not a John McTiernan film. That that's a valid point. And uh, so he was already on kind of shaky ice when he did this film. And then, of course, Rollerball in 2002, which I think is on our list. God, that was 20 years ago. Jesus that Christ. Was, oh, my. Yeah, that's, that's <clears throat> depressing. It's, it, that is very depressing. It sure is. <laughs> um, after, you know, I think that basically sank. That combined with his situation kind of sank him. I would say so. Director, he's a strong director in this film. It's it's not his. I don't think whatever it is that didn't catch the public's fancy, it wasn't his fault. I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I mean, we hadn't quite gotten to the point where high fantasy type type stuff had started to come back into vogue yet mm -hmm. um and there's certainly a way that you could look at elements of this in that vein mm -hmm. um and again you're taking something from an old norse poem right. you know and Crichton is spinning it off and trying to do his version of it which fair play mm -hmm. um it's one way to tell that story and to make it as believable as possible um, I think it getting filtered down again through the studio system in John yeah. McTiernan and people interfering and then Crichton coming in to do some reshoots himself. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just a case of too many cooks uh, spoiling the broth, right. I think. I'm mean, not quite. I mean, watching the film, it's so far it is number two on, on the list uh, on the list for me. Behind John Carter, 
but noticeably higher than um, the Lone Ranger. Oh, I'll watch this ten times again before I watch Lone Ranger again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, it's it's something I don't think people were doing a lot. It's, I, and it's not just high fantasy. It's the fact that it is, it is at its core, just a historical drama. Yeah. It's this story about people from a long dark from a long ago past you know doing some fight it's it's in a way it's it's assault on precinct 13 or um rio brava yeah to yeah with vikings and one maybe monster and a and a bunch of maybe monsters and a one arab yeah I think one of the problems with the film is that it spends so much time establishing why Antonio Banderas' character, why Ahmad Abin Fadin is even there. That's the hook in the book, though, too. It's what if the, what if the Beowulf saga was seen through a set of outside eyes so you kind of you kind of have to give it that that's kind of the but let's say it it started with him at the at the camp and it's mentioned in maybe voiceover i mean voiceover is used in this film yeah i mean it opens the film anyway how about we start with him at the camp and him just Briefly saying, hey, I banged the wrong girl. I got kicked out of my country. <laughs> they sent me here. <sighs> that would work, too. That would work. And I think it would, it would do a lot to... Because I think that that whole long 20 minutes of him explaining who he is, and we're watching him pal around with Omar Sharif... And then they see a thing, and they go, "Let's go investigate that thing." <laughs> you know, it, I think it it breaks up the pacing because the film does start to move once we get the once we get to the the outpost. Yeah, and uh, we start getting the first of the um, attacks from from the bear people. Yeah. Um, but that that first part, that first part of the first act, just I'm like, okay, okay, we get it. All right, let's go. Yeah, it's it's a little long in the tooth at the beginning and not quite fleshed out enough after yeah. that point. You know, take take that twenty minutes at the beginning, and insert those into the the meat of the story when he's already with the the Vikings. Right, probably would have worked better. So, what what did you think of the uh, depiction of Norse life? I'm probably not the best. Well, neither am I. I'm just. I mean, hey, look, everybody was dirty. You yeah. know, 
which that's the way it would be. You would be dirty, um, <laughs> which I'm a-okay with. Um, I haven't read enough of the prose edda or the poetic edda or, you know, I did have to read a translation of Beowulf in high school. I can't remember whose. Um, I, I mean, it's it's probably movie Hollywoodized, but yeah, that's kind of a given. Even when you're telling a costumed history piece, <laughs> you have to give it a little bit of uh, not glitz, but a little bit of a sheen to actually make it work on screen. If if, if we did that that cut and started it more in media res. We might be able to sketch out the characters more, which I think is another problem with the film. Yeah. Is that it's hard to tell everybody apart. Definitely. You know, it's like, there's Glowery Leader Guy. (laughs) You know, there's a, a, you know, and and here's, of course, Laughing Boy, who is, of course, the... I, I, I could not keep everybody straight because they all, this this sounds terrible they all kind of looked alike <laughs> yeah and there was no one really recognizable in the cast outside of Banderas yeah and Clive oh, Russell yeah yeah although I was about to say also Diane Verona who plays the queen in, in this film but other than that these are fairly uncharacter actors who are, will be a relatively unknown. And there, there are, I mean, Tony Curran goes on to a little bit more fame. Oh, yes. Yeah. Circa 1999. And you, you, you dip him in dirt. He doesn't stick out as much. No. Um, I wonder also if... Disney did not know how to market this. Um, because I seem to recall there being some push. I seem to, I swear, I because I was working in Fangoria at the time, and I swear there was an article on this film in Fangoria. That's, uh, that would make sense. I mean, there is a, a horrific component to, mm-hmm. to the film. Um, I mean, they, I think they, probably did the best thing they could do from the author of Jurassic Park and the director of Die Hard. Mm-hmm. What else do you need to say? We're post, you know, right. we're post Die Hard and Jurassic Park. Let's let's uh, push that as much as possible. The, the poster I'm, I'm looking at is not the one that I remember, which is the one with Antonio Madaris' soulful eyes. I can't, Just... re- I can't quite remember all the print material marketing for this yeah i don't think that was the poster i saw either no the poster i saw and i'm about to call it up uh features antonio banderas um over a a darkened sky with a sword yes that's the one i remember an ordinary man an extraordinary journey also Bland. Bland, <laughs> yeah. And I, I think the thing was, the the retitling, because people got scared of calling it Eaters of the Dead, may have just made people go, huh, eh, looks meh. 
Yeah. There's nothing to say, hey, by the way, there's there are uh there's a bear worshipping you know, horde of cannibals in this movie. And there are Vikings and there's a, there's sword play. Yeah. Look, if they were going Okay, we have to we should probably we we briefly touched upon it last last episode. Antonio Banderas is not an Arab. No. He is not. He does not come off as an Arab. No matter how many times he writes the Quran in the in the sand. <laughs> no, but he was a name at the time. Yeah, I I think that they they were gambling everything on his name recognition. Um. Well, I mean, he was a drawer in the states. He was drawn in the in the Latin American countries. Mm-hmm. I, I can't I can't really fault uh, a studio there. And honestly, if McTiernan had any hand in the hiring process here, which I'm sure he did by that point, he probably mm-hmm. found something in what Antonio was bringing to the role that he wanted to have in there. Uh, it's just. I'm looking at more of the posters, and here's another one with Antonio, and he's holding a sword, and there's uh, bear cultists in the background with their uh, their fireworm. Yeah, they they the the posters could have been better. It says, "Fear what you can't see." That's more interesting than the other ones. <laughs> Here's the worst of them. It's basically um, a very shadowed picture of uh, Antonio Banderas and his, he's wearing his, he's wearing the headdress and his, most of his face is obscured by a red cloak and it's, you know, says the 13th warrior with 13 spelled out only it says many are called one is chosen hmm eh, eh. so I think I think all of these things do basically other than saying hey th- this is directed by somebody who directed a movie you liked several years ago yeah and it was it was based on something written by this guy whose whose work was the basis of something you liked a little bit more recently. Yeah, is it it doesn't it doesn't give you any idea of what this is about. No, but um, which seems to be that's the problem we also had I think with John Carter. Yeah, the, pu- the 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 public the uh, the publicity for the film shied away from saying, "Hey, you like Vikings, right?" <laughs> I don't think Vikings weren't really in vogue again. They, they, you know, not until the last decade or so. Well, you know what they could they could have said. It, 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 I don't think it would be a hundred percent accurate, but it would be more accurate. It would probably bring people into the seats. You like action, right? Yes, you that like, is probably the way that they should have 
You like fighting, right? You like swords, people beating each other up with swords. Who doesn't? Well, here's a movie for you. <laughs> and it's directed by a guy who directed one of the one of your favorite action movies, so you know it's not gonna suck. <laughs> Now, granted, I would use different words, but I'm sure you'll agree that might have been an accurate. Yeah. Yeah, they probably should have leaned into the horror and the action. Yeah. Um. Speaking, okay, speaking of the horror aspect. Do you think that they gave gave away the the aspect of the bear cultists too soon? I think with the runtime that they had, it's one of those things that accommodations had to be made. Um, because in my mind, this is a two and a half hour long movie that's paced a little more little faster in the beginning like we had mentioned about getting yeah. uh, Antonio Banderas to the Norse camp mm -hmm. but letting his time with the actual Vikings breathe a little bit before where you know the slaughter in the in the hall and everything you know before we get to right. all that um, so I, I think with their Probably studio mandated to keep it below an hour and forty five minutes. Uh, right, probably the latest they could do it. Yeah. Affected. How did you, okay, how did you feel about the quote unquote romantic relationship? Care uh, <laughs> quotes. Um, I honestly couldn't even tell you anything about it at this point. <laughs> That was the, the problem. Was it's like it's it's developed up to a point. It's like, hey, here's this hot blonde girl, and she's really smart. And Ahmed likes that is the character's name, Ahmed Ibn Fadim. So I can call him Ahmed. I'm not I'm not trying to reduce him to a to a Arabic stereotype. Yeah, but it's like. They established this is a, a smart girl, and Abed, Ahmed is a smart guy. He's a poet, and then they they go sleep together, and that's it. Well, you would you would I, I would have thought that there would have at least been a coda to that. I mean, hell, this is the first time I, I actually watched the movie. I actually would not have been surprised if he if he stayed with the Vikings. Well, I mean, the the Ahmad in this movie is based on a real guy, so. So this. Uh, is... Oh yeah, Ahmad. If, if I can't do the names, uh, definitely Ahmad based on a real. Yes. Yeah, definitely based on a real guy. Um, mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he just liked to, you know, travel around and do his thing, and he called that a successful relationship. 
But remember, he got into this trouble in the first place because he banged the wrong girl. Yeah, well, that was in his homeland, not here. Yes. <laughs> so, I I think there there are some some really there are some really cool action sequences. Um, I think the the trip into the cultists. Um, Lair is is really suspenseful. Yep. Um, I think there's too much of the swimming through swimming through stuff to get away. Yes. Oh my God! Yes. Hey, unless it's a film actually about people in the water, people do not like to see people in the water for extended periods of time. No. I think that's why I can never make it through uh, Thunderball because this is too much time with James Bond swimming. <laughs> I, I Thunderball is one of my lesser Bonds. I've, I've watched all of them multiple times, but Thunderball, even though it has one of my favorite Bond girls in um, Claudia Claudia Auger, mm -hmm. it's still hey, you like scuba diving? Well, here's 35 minutes of it. Uh, yep. You know, and then then when they remade it as Never Say Never Again, here's some more scuba diving. Yep. Yeah, that, that was the weird, that was just like a weird choice. I can understand it's, it's part, if it's part of the story upon which Beowulf is based on, so to speak. Yep. <clears throat> If it was it was part of the beats they wanted to hit, but that particular because that sequence was extent so extended, it it just kind of slowed. Oh God, yeah. But I I like the. Uh, I also wonder if like did we need to see um, Ahmed having to. You know, commissioning somebody to build him to build him a scimitar. <laughs> uh, Wouldn't he mean, have carried one with him? Well, he was a writer. How many writers carry scimitars? I, but the, you know what the thing is? It, it, it's 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 something that annoys me a lot about films of the last twenty five years, where. We have to learn everything about this person. Uh, you know, like, yeah. We, uh, I mean, a good you... example. You know, a good example would be comparing John Carpenter's Halloween with Rob Zombie's Halloween. Oh, perfect example. Yes, perfect example. Whereas Rob, whereas John Carpenter's Halloween, Michael Myers was just a force of nature. Yep. We were given just enough to, to, to learn he's mean, he likes to knife people. Yeah. Right? And, and I, that's uh, all you need for the story, because the story is actually Jamie Lee Curtis's story. Uh, Lori. Yeah, I mean, hot take here. I do like the the five minutes of stuff they added for the TV broadcast where it has yeah. Dr. Loomis talking to the board. That's just enough. Mm -hmm. 
you know, because it does give them the initial interaction with Loomis and Child. Yes. You know, where you can see that this is this is going to be Loomis's white whale for the rest of its right. life. And that's all I needed. Yeah. Um, and, and while there there was portions of that whole first two acts of Rob's Rob Zombie's Halloween that I appreciated, I didn't need to know everything about Michael Myers's upbringing. No, it re- it reduces the character to him just being a Rob Zombie evil stereotype. And I mean, and that's fine. Rob Zombie did what he wanted to do with it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that I had to enjoy it. Yeah, but it, but that seems to be like okay. An, another example, and this is a television example, is Hawaii Five O. Okay. The original Hawaii Five O. It was just hey, there are these guys. They're cops in Hawaii, and they are. They, they are a unit called five. It's five O means pol. I forget five O. I think means police or something. I don't know. But but anyway, so it's like that was back in the sixties when the show was revived by CBS in the aughts. It was we actually the story had to stop so Scott Kahn can explain that his daughter calls him 5-0, which is why the squad is called Hawaii, is called 5-0. Yeah, I don't need everything spelled out. And I'm... Yeah, I, I don't need... It, just I, give me enough I, to understand the... the yeah, the, and, I'm, and I'm more of a... In film, it's actions speak louder than, you know, it's show, don't tell. So... People forget that a lot of times action can be used to define character. Yes, I would point to all of the Rambo movies. Yeah, well, although I, I would argue that as we go further and further down the line of Rambo, I mean, I First Blood is an amazing film. Yep, that is one just of my favorites of all time. Yeah, it, it's an amazing film in which, for, for those of you, you know, Sylvester Stallone kills the town. He kills one person by accident. Yeah, no, but no, but, I, but I mean, he kills a town, as in he, he. Oh, he destroys the town. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The empty I town. I mean, he literally kills everybody <laughs> in the town. <laughs> but but the point is, we and in fact, the fact that we don't know everything about Rambo in that first film is used to drive the narrative. Yeah. So that when we learn a little bit more about him, we're like, oh shit, they messed with the wrong guy. Yep. And, um, but as you got further on down the line, when Stallone moved it more and more away from being this story about post-traumatic stress and more about him being like this kind of patriot hero uh, that's i mean that's really only only in two and three which i absolutely love mm-hmm. but... not, no even even th- three which i saw after the fact it's not a terrible film uh i have 
no problems rewatching three and enjoying it. Um, context is also key, people, yeah. when you watch something that's more than five years old. Um, so, um, but the Rambo character only says what he needs to say. The right. rest of his character is defined by the actions exactly. that he takes. Exactly. I just think it's... I don't know, but uh, I, 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 maybe that's why I reacted to that a little bit. Like, oh, do we have to learn? It's like this this fact. I don't think it's that we had to learn it. It's I don't a, think this, it was intended that way. This, that's what I'm saying. The character is a writer and a poet, and it's mm-hmm. his recollection of his time spent with the Vikings. So... I mean, thematically, I guess that's part of it. This is my story to you, the audience, about me and my time. Right. What's more important to me, if I'm writing about me, is me. Right. Um, And the thing is, he has a story arc of being this man of words, becoming a man of deeds. So it, it kind of, I guess it kind of makes it just because I'm so used to the now we're going to stop and explain how he got, you know, how he got his special weapon. Yeah, I um, don't care. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. I don't care. I don't care. You could, you could That's, take, you could have a 10 second montage of a guy grinding him a scimitar. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Unless there's a thematic reason why he's right. So, like, when Christian Bale and and Michael Caine start talking about buying stuff from suppliers so that they can get the bat supplies, I'm like, I'm tuning out, dude. Yeah. I don't care. You're rich. I get it. I've bought into the premise. Well, you know, I mean, the the Ben Affleck Batman kind of defined it in one sentence. What's your superpower? I'm rich. Yep, that's it. That's all. That's all. I'm rich, and and I'm and I hunger for justice. Yes, yes. We don't need to. We don't need to see every step of the way. Although, admittedly, I'm one of these people that actually likes Batman Begins more than The Dark Knight. So. I do too. It's my favorite out of those three. But you know, again, I, guess... I only need a ten second montage. Show him reading a chemistry book. Show show him lifting a big weight. Okay. Right. Show him putting on the costume. I'm good. I gotta say though, I wonder if the how this film would play with the original score. Because as you know, the, the score was originally by Graham Revel. I have not heard the original score. I don't know if it's available. I would like to hear that, though. I do not know if it is available, but I do know that it, it featured uh, the Dead Can Dance lead singer Lisa Gerrard. So I have to assume it was a much different to what we got from Jerry Goldsmith, which is, of course, bombastic. A, and I do love a Jerry Goldsmith score. I won't lie. Hot take. With a Jerry Goldsmith Hot score. take. I, I think I like him more than John Williams. <laughs> I just wonder if the film would play a bit different because Revel tends not to be as bombastic. No, his stuff is usually a little darker. Mm-hmm. And we should mention, by the way, this is the film that caused Omar Sharif to retire for three years. Well, that tells you everything you need to know, folks. (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, it would did not. Also wonder if this film would have done better if it had been earlier in August. And if it had been released closer to because it did debut at number two. Yeah. Behind the six. You're John, you're John Crichton, John McTiernan, Antonio yeah. Banderas joint should not be debuting number two, regardless of when you position it for release. But still, really. number two is respectable. It's just that it dropped off something fierce after that. That, with that, with that budget, though, even with all the reshoots, yeah. you needed to be number one for like two weeks straight. Mm-hmm. Of course, that that leads me to the whole thing about why are you spending so much money? You know, I, I would love. I, well, you've heard of you. I'm sure you've heard about my dream project. If I ever got all, loads and loads and loads of money, I'm sure you've mentioned it. But why don't you tell our listeners? I will tell our listeners. Uh, I would like to go to a, a number of uh, high-profile directors and say here. Here is $250,000. Make a movie. It can't be longer than 90 minutes, but other than that, go nuts. And if you you cannot go o- you cannot go over that 250, if you do go over, you're paying for it. Mm. I wonder what some of these direct some directors would do if all of a sudden they had very limited funds well the ones that know how to write a good script and do dialogue would have a movie that has three stationary sets with all dialogue and the ones that know how to do action and movement on a budget would do that because if you give two hundred fifty thousand dollars to robert rodriguez and say go nuts he's gonna go nuts you get three films yeah if you give two hundred fifty thousand dollars to steven spielberg or Martin Scorsese. Scorsese could probably he'll get you the in a box. I think Scorsese with movie, thank you for, yeah, for the challenge. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think so. there are some people who would look at that as an opportunity, and some people that would look at it like like if I gave Michael Bay two hundred fifty thousand dollars, you'd be like, "What the heck do I do with this?" Uh you never you never know. You never know exactly, but I, I think though that like Scorsese would be like. You've given me a challenge. I appreciate that. And we would get something very, very intriguing. Yeah. Um, I, I think some of... I, what would John McTiernan do with only $250,000? What pay would he back do? taxes. Well, besides... Well, he can't <laughs> pay his back taxes with this money. He can Sorry. pay the back taxes with, with the profits because that's the other thing of course if you make a film for 250 honestly honestly i can kind of picture what he'd do with it okay sure he'd find an abandoned building that's got a couple of stories in it and he'd do some sort of tight thriller slash drama slash action movie where somebody's either got you know just rip off the raid somebody's got to get to the top or get to the bottom without getting killed okay or or dread or dread yes a film that should have started a franchise. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, I'm happy Carl Urban has his franchise now in The Boys. Yeah. But he was so dead, drop, perfect as Dread. Yes, he was. And this is, and I'm saying that as somebody who actually likes the Stallone movie as well. <laughs> as Hollywood as that one is. 
So, so yeah, I, I think maybe this was a case of, maybe this is another case like with Lone Ranger and like with John Carter where Disney lost faith. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Had Sphere come out yet? Uh, let us see. Because that is there. Yes, Michael Crichton. I'm going to see uh, film adaptations. Congo, Lost World, Sphere had already come out. 1998 it was a year before. Okay, and that did not do particularly well. Mm-hmm. And neither did Congo. No. So, but on the other hand, between the two of those, we have the Lost World Jurassic Park. Which did, do did well. well, but not at the... So, I, I maybe, maybe there was a... But again, if they were that gun-shy about Crichton, then they probably wouldn't have brought him back in to try to patch up the mess that right. they had. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I, I honestly don't know. I really don't. It probably It was probably just either too behind the times or too ahead of the times. It's just one of those... They were damned if they did and damned if they didn't with when they released this, and people just didn't want it. You know, it's a lot. E- it, it, it's an easier sell to somebody to say, "Dinosaurs running amok." Mm-hmm. Well, that, that that's an elevator pitch. Yep, this is uh, Arab guy with Vikings running amok. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, well, who's going to see that? <laughs> you know, so Arabs versus bear monsters. Yeah, I mean that's that's the the saga sell for it, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I really don't know. I wonder what would have happened if they went all in and just decided, okay, we're gonna we're gonna try to sell this on the saga aspect and not on a name actor. If they yeah. hired an actual Middle Eastern actor to play the Middle Eastern man and and try to emphasize the adventure part of it. In 1998, when this was filming, I don't think that was ever going to happen, Tom. Okay. I, I mean, and that's just, that's just the, the way the world worked at that time. Um, I, I, I think they really should have just leaned more into the to the Beowulf thing, that's how right. I would I would have marketed it that way. Um, you could barely mention the fact that there's an outsider in there, but sell the Beowulf aspect of it, sell the monstrosity of it, uh, sell the epicness of it. Um, and with that kind of budget at that time, you know, 160 million dollars supposedly, mm-hmm. 160 million dollars in 1998 should have made you a pretty damn epic movie. Yeah. Because you can make a pretty damn epic movie now for $160 million. Mm-hmm. You know? So. Uh, I really don't know. It, it's, it, it, But it's definitely worth seeing. It, it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. The book is better. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's worth seeking out. I mean, this has to be streaming somewhere for free right now. <laughs> I mean. It's a Disney film, so it might be on Disney Plus or Hulu for all. Probably Hulu, because Hulu's where they shove all the more... Buena um, Vista and Hollywood yeah, pictures. Stuff. Yeah. Stuff. Um, and, and on our scale, I would give this a very high meh to a very low see it. I'm going to go 
go squarely on a, a, a low C. It. It's it's worth it's worth watching once. Yeah. Um, Your it, mileage is going to vary. Yeah, I mean, it fun. could serve to be trimmed a bit. It, but it, it is what it is, and it what it, it it's. I wanted to say it is what it says on the tin, but what it says on the tin is nothing. Yeah. No. It's, uh, it's yeah. A, a good. It's a good historical epic. Could yeah, could have been a little bit more epic. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, definitely that's, a... the problem is that that and I, I understand that this is probably because they wanted to be historically accurate. And that's fine, too. And, and that's Which kind is, of the and yeah. that's kind of the crux of the book is what if the Beowulf story was real? What 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 would right. make it a realistic thing? But um, the, the 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 kingdom looks very very small which is why i i, I compared it to assault at precinct 13 yeah yeah it doesn't um it doesn't scream large in terms of its visual scope most of the time uh which is a shame <laughs> so, so uh, okay, low see so it low see it for the movie Definitely read it for the book. The book you can, if you like Crichton at all, or if you like mm -hmm. this kind of stuff at all, you'll bang it out in a couple of sittings. It's not a very long book. Well, I think we are both getting away from Disney and getting away from um, historical epics for the next film on our list. Okay. Um, but it is a film that you have told me you could not get through. Oh, God, which one was this one? We're going to just before the, the pandemic, 2018. Oh. Mm hmm And the Guillermo del Toro produced... Oh, is this Crimson Peak? No, no. Young adult film, Mortal Engines. Oh, Mortal... Oh, Christ. Oh, I guess I'm going to have to watch it all the way through. I think I got yep. about 15, 20 minutes in. It was like, snoozerama. But but after that, we got Pirates. Oh, the... the oh, is that we the got, Walter Matthau? No, no, no. We got Pirates in one of the most... Um, oh, Cutthroat the, Island? Yes, we got Cutthroat Island coming up. And after that, we I'm got... I'm actually looking forward to rewatching that. We got Sinbad. The animated one? No, no, the 2003 one. Oh, the the one with the rock. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think it was, fuck. Yeah, there was this whole period where it was like they were doing a lot of these historical hero, you know, because he's public domain. We can do a movie about him. That's fine. Just do it right. Do it right, and and yeah, and 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 we get to see. I think this one. I don't know if this one is the the rock one. Let's take a no, look. No, not the rock. He, he was Hercules. What, yes, Hercules in the dueling Hercules pictures. What the hell, one of my. Which... Let me take uh -huh. a. I think I, I want to say it's Casper Van Dien, but I it can't be right. No, it's Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt plays Sinbad. That's the animated one. Is that the animated one? Maybe okay. Maybe it is the animated one. That was a pretty decent flick. We're getting there. We're getting there. Um, and then, then, then we get back to uh, well, this actually is going to be an interesting film for me to discuss after this week. Do Sinbad. 
because it is um, a film by a director I'm really fond of. But I'm sure even he does not want to talk about 2013's Battleship. Oh boy, I'm going to have some hot, hot takes for you on that one. Okay. So, um, so yeah, there we go. So, it's interesting that's, that, that so far, we have, we've, so this is the third film. This is three Disney films, three historical films. So, it's, 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 it's just, it seems like, People don't like historicals as much as I think some people think they do. I, yeah, it all, I think a, a lot of it, I think, depends on the, the time and place that you do something and your intention when doing it and the, the tone of what you're doing. Yeah. So. But we get a, a respite next month. All right. So um, what's going on on your end of the of the, the, the aisle? Uh, pretty Tyler. much. Pretty much just the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror at this point in my life, uh, and uh, doing the, the the fun voiceover stuff with the uh, Octodecagonagon Theater Works. And, of That's, course, occasionally yeah. the ongoing Sleepwalker project. Yeah, which I don't want to end because then I won't be asked back. So that's, <laughs> that's on Back to the Bins where we review old comics and talk about them and have fun and make yes. dumb jokes. Um, and I'm the resident uh, Marvel Comics Sleepwalker guy because... I really glommed onto that character as a kid, and I still love him. Just have... got the just got the Marvel Masterworks figure for it. He finally got a re- action figure release a couple of months ago. I had is it spindly Sleepwalker or Buff he is, Sleepwalker? He is more spindly than anything. He is okay. a he is a more creepy Sleepwalker and not big buff bad bad boy well, Sleepwalker. One of the projects I have in the back of my head that I'd like to do one of these days is review all those uh, Marvel and DC series when they were trying desperately in the 90s to make make bank. And most of them didn't last until, you know, for more than a year. Mm. Like, who remembers Nightwatch? Nightwatch? Nightwatch. Don't, don't recall that one. Okay, Nightwatch... Was apparently um, Tom DeFalco really had a bee in his under his bonnet when Image the Image guys left. Oh, uh, fair enough. So Nightwatch, he's I guess would count as a Spider-Man character because I think oh is that had... is that one of the alternate costumes he had for a while? No, no. Nightwatch was a separate character. His biggest claim to fame was he showed up. In an issue of Maximum Carnage. Oh well, that's the. And he looked like Spawn, and he had powers that kind of were similar to Spawn. Hey, well, <laughs> I gotta see what this character looked like now. Nightwatch, Marvel comics. Oh, yep. Okay. <laughs> and he had his own book for her. You see what I mean? It's it's not a horrible costume. It looks pretty cool. But it is, it is definitely spawn. They even gave his own comic. It is definitely spawn. Yeah. 
you see what I mean? It's like, but there, there was there was such a rush because I think that was also um, fairly early after um, Jim Shooter declared, you know what? We're going to give you be- we're going to give you royalties if you create a character. Mm-hmm. So everybody was trying to create different characters, and there's this whole slew of. Um, characters that were created for um books like fantastic force and the secret defenders and that i think people were hoping to make their bank on and it never happened Mm. and i find i knew that 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 there was something that so that sony has been thinking about doing night watch the movie with of all people Spike Lee. Okay. That would be interesting. This was, but it was 2018, once again, before the um, you know, before the pandemic. Yep. Oh, um, so yeah. So, but we're not talking about Nightwatch, although I, 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 I want to do this one of these days you know like here's for the first like for the first year and a half here's secret defenders starring sepulcher hey (laughs) where's the 90s man well okay originally her name was shadow woman with no w so it was like mushed together okay shadow woman and her outfit was basically a purple version of uh, Spider-Woman's. Okay. But then she got a gritty redesign and became Sepulcher. Oh my god. An all-black uniform. Uh, and, and she hung out with Dr. Druid back when he had when he was rocking that, that wicked braided ponytail. Yeah. So, anyway, let's, 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 um, as far as, uh, I'm concerned, you can go to the Honeywell Experiment. We just dropped a new episode, which, uh, features the Tomb of the Blind Dead. Mm. And on New Year's Eve, we will be dropping Inframan. Ooh. With special guest, the King of Kaiju, Luke Giaconetti. Looking forward to it. So, and I may drop homebodies for February on on Chris Honeywell. Nice. Which is a weird thriller slash horror film from the 70s made in Cincinnati. Cincinnati? With old people. Old people? Old people killing other people in Cincinnati. How have I not seen this? I'll I'll send you a copy. I'll All right. You, I'll send you a digital copy. One, uh, some I have to send something to Luke. I gotta find it first. But in the next couple of days, I'll send you a copy, and you can Ruby. watch it for yourself. It's actually kind of good. Okay. But anyway, um, and um, Dread Media over on the Earth Two Net Network is we just recorded our 800th episode. Congratulations. Desmond Reddick and I, and um, we covered The Evil Dead, 
Yay! And um, on top of that, of course, is, as you, you mentioned, 8TW, which is also available through the Two True Freaks feed. And there, um, we're in the middle of Ninja Class Reunion. Oh, yeah. And coming soon, we will have the sequel to Warning from Space. Oh, hopefully I have a large part. Domination from <laughs> space. <laughs> and and other and of course Strangers in Paradise continues. We're gonna do um we're wrapping up on season four. Season five begins uh in I think March of two thousand and twenty-three. So yeah. chugging along. And there, so keep keep your eyes on two true freaks and join us next month for Cities that move. And that guy from Avatar that you liked has a monster bounty hunter. Mm. Yeah. So, how can you not? Uh, uh, we'll find out. We're, we'll find out in, in 2018's Mortal Engines. But until then, please... Carry all debris to the designated garbage cans. Thank you. I gotta think of a better. Uh, let's see. Uh, what's a better the theater in an orderly manner? <laughs> uh, now what do we? We gotta do something better. Uh, let's see. We'll figure it out. And All if right. you have a suggestion, does the True True Freaks message board still exist? I don't think so. Actually, what we need to do is we need to get a, a, a True True Freaks email set up. I'm sure there are so some. So we can have people, we can have you guys make suggestions as to what we can, we can use as the... Uh, sign off. But until then, we'll see you next month, and it'll be fun, hopefully. Hopefully. Night! Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O T-R-U-E F-R-E-A-K-S you can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. Dumbass. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two, Two True, True Freaks. Freaks.
All right. Now, in case you're wondering, Honeywell, nothing from beyond this point should make it to the final cut. 